Good day, everybody. Uh, welcome to My Life Without Limits. This is Carlos here once again with uh, your, your co-host, with my wonderful co-host. That She's here every single time. Uh, and she puts up with me every single time. Uh, so um, just wanted Literally. to say hi to Leah. Uh, we are in a very hot weather today, right, Leah? So it is pretty hot. Yes, keeping yourself yeah. uh, cool off here in Edmonton. Don't want to complain because you know, no, no <laughs> we always yeah. want winter to stop. But wow, yeah, we've dove right into the summer. That's for sure. We did, and I think uh, I'm excited. You know, I'm, you know, mm -hmm. I'm from Mexico, so I'm kind of used to this right. thing. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I'm excited. Yes, <laughs> I wish uh, we we lasted longer. How are you doing? Leah, by the way. Yeah, I'm good. Really good. I'm, yeah. I'm you know, my usual. usual <laughs> everything's going great. Everything's going <laughs> everything. good. Yeah, everything's great. We've been um, getting a lot accomplished yeah. at the organization. So shout out to our programs team who have launched so many new programs in the last little while. We've got adult aqua therapy just mm -hmm. launched in Calgary. And um, yeah, we launched in Northern Alberta. We've got kids aqua therapy and hippotherapy in Valley View. Valley View, yeah. And we've reached further and a gymnastics program for kids in Edmonton. So it's just, things are happening. Absolutely, yeah. They are actually happening and it's very exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, if people want to reach out, there's always our social media there, always our website uh, mm -hmm. that you can go to www.cpalberta.com. And you can uh, reach out to all of our programs we have. And yeah. Leah, Leah here, other than being a co-host of this wonderful podcast, she's the guru of social media. So you can always <laughs> connect with her on yes. every aspect in social media. And she will mm -hmm. be connecting you with the right people uh, yeah. in the organization. So Absolutely. Uh, feel free to connect and feel free to connect to the podcast as well. But to don't make the any anything any longer um you have uh connected with a wonderful human being um a wonderful mm -hmm. lady who you connected with and she's with us today she's gonna yeah. talk to us and have a great conversation but i wanted you leah since you connected with her first to introduce her to our audience which it will be pretty Pretty cool. So feel free, Leah, to introduce to our audience, please. Yeah, I'm very excited to have our new friend, Athena Cooper, here with us and going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is relationships yeah, <laughs> and yeah. love and all that stuff. I like talking about that. Um, and she is a very talented artist. So welcome, Athena. Thank you for coming and being here with us. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, happy to have you here. I was really excited to get some information about you come across in my email and and stuff. So why don't we start with just a little introduction about you and just your background and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, my name is Athena. I am a visual artist based in Calgary. I am currently working on an art exhibit that will be happening in the summer of 2024 on the subject of romantic love and disability. Mm. And so this is going to be um, my painting. So I'm an acrylic painter. And then also I am looking to collaborate with other couples to uh, 
where one or both partners identify as disabled, because I think it's a really interesting topic and it's something that's near and dear to my heart as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love the topic too. I'm always so curious about um, what it's just the experience is like, and I like to watch all, you know, love on the spectrum and all that stuff just to see how relationships develop in different ways. And so I think that's so neat because you yourself um, have, you're married and you, you've done some paintings about you and your husband too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I met my husband uh, about nine years ago mm-hmm. on uh, one of the dating apps mm-hmm. and uh, we've been married for since 2019. So. Oh, wow. Good for yeah. you. And when did you met him? Um, Athena, like uh, what in, did you? Uh, 2014. 2014 okay mm-hmm. all right yeah, and yeah. is he is he did he also has a disability or no he's able-bodied, he's able-bodied. um so we um one of the things that really sparked this for me was back in around 2019 there was this dr phil episode of all things uh okay. called i swiped white right on my quadriplegic boyfriend and he did this really kind of horrible episode about um, interable couples. And it was not a a topic that I was particularly familiar with at the time. Mm -hmm. And so he does this whole sensationalist spiel about interable couples. And basically it got summed up to um, him telling this woman who had a quadriplegic boyfriend, you can be his lover or you can be his caregiver, but oh. you can be both. And of course, the disabled community just went bonkers. And oh, and, and he said it won't work a hundred out of a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And so there was this hashtag that came out of this called a hundred out of a hundred. And it was all of these interable couples showing their relationships on primarily Instagram, but other places too. And you can go look at that hashtag now and see all of these couples and it's really interesting for me because this was the year I got married and I was looking at this and I was going wow okay I really wish I'd had this back in 2014 or back in my early 20s and 30s when I was on these dating apps and Mm -hmm. thinking I am never going to find anyone I've never seen a couple that where a partner is disabled. And so I kept thinking that my wanting to be in a relationship was kind of an extraordinary thing. Like it was mm-hmm. an extraordinary ask of someone to be in a relationship with me. And then I saw all these couples and it was great wedding inspiration. I got to say, there was some really, some really nice uh, wedding photos and all Aww. that kind of stuff, which was lovely. And, and, and it was just like, wow where was this? Where is this now? And that was a huge part for me of the inspiration behind the exhibit is like just being able to show this and show it as not exceptional, not out of the ordinary. Like this is just really an ordinary, you know, my relationship with my husband is honestly very ordinary. And that's kind of the thing that I took away after all of my heartache about whether or not I would ever find someone it's like oh wow this is this is pretty much like everybody else you know right and you you know what Adina thank you for pointing that out because even I was actually having some cloudy days 
of thinking the same way because, uh, you know, I, I am a single person, right? And you're like thinking, oh, would you ever find someone that doesn't have a disability or that has a disability or whichever? Because I think love, you can find somebody with a disability or without a disability as long as there's love, right? And as long as there's care for each other. Um, one of the biggest things for me was somebody ever once told me myself straightforward it says it's easier for you to find a partner who has a disability that does not have a disability because it relates better with you and i'm like well i think that's that's bonkers because i don't believe in that i think that uh when you were talking about the 100 out of 100 i saw those posts and i saw that dr phil video which is ridiculously oh yeah making me really mad at the time yeah. because I'm like, there's so many interable couples that are showing you that it works, right? It really mm -hmm. does work as long as it, uh, as long as there's love and as, lo as, love, as long as there's connection there, right? Yeah. A lot of people, I feel like a lot of people feel, and I want to see if you, later on or soon you comment on this, but feel like we are a burden for those, for those particular people who are able-bodied in this case, right? And some of them do feel that way before they get into the relationship, right? So so it's very stereotypical to try to try to take it out of their cloudiness, but seeing people like yourself, it's it's very, very uh, real, which is very nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think one thing that is really interesting is that when you think about an interable couple, like, you know, the couple that Dr. Phil brought on the show, they were probably in their late 20s, early 30s kind of thing. Mm -hmm. If you took that same couple and you put them in their 80s and you made one of them in a wheelchair and one of them not, no one would bat an eyelash if right. the, yeah. the wife is pushing around her husband in a wheelchair and they're elderly. And mm -hmm. we wouldn't say that, oh, caregiving can't be part of that relationship. It absolutely yeah. is. Mm -hmm. It absolutely is. And we get to the, you know, we are in many ways, I see my relationship with my husband, you know, we're learning all kinds of things about how to be together and how to take care of each other and all these kinds of things now in our 40s that many couples won't encounter until they're much later in life. And so to say that, you know, oh, we're not we're not going to be in a relationship if one partner is disabled. You know, your marriage vows do include, you know, in sickness and in health. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, why why are we making this such a big deal mm. if, you know, if it's a natural part of aging, if it's a natural part of, yeah. you know, the human experience? So, so true. That Absolutely. is so true. Yes. Yeah. So when you were when you were creating your profiles on the dating sites, did you just put it all out there and then just just was like not hiding anything? Because I know some people get a little like even Carlos, we've talked about, you know, how not all the time you you are up front. Like did you just but then you eventually tell mm -hmm. somebody that you have a disability. But mm -hmm. did you just here I am and <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I actually had the experience. Um so I was online quite young and so I pre-internet mm -hmm. and I um, was on one of these chat boards and for about a year I didn't disclose my disability and I you know kind of tried that out as an experience yeah. and what I found was that it was 
very restrictive. You know, you could, someone mm. would be talking about mm. going skiing and it's like, do you ski? It's like, well, can't really talk about that without <laughs> revealing that that I'm disabled. And yeah. And what I kind of learned from that, and I was like 16, 17 at the time, was mm-hmm. that I couldn't be myself fully mm-hmm. without disclosing my disability. And one of the things that I found with the dating apps was that, you know, yeah, I could I could hide it. And then I would get a whole bunch of people that would, you know, ultimately reject me. Mm-hmm. Or I can just be upfront about it. Have those people not contact me to begin with, which, you know, it doesn't waste my time, which I consider (laughs) is a huge thing and and only work with, you know, the people that are like, okay, yeah, I can, I can work with this, you know, and, you know, my husband, you know, he's the same way. And, you know, my husband is a trans man and he also disclosed that in his profile. And so that was something that, you know, we were both very upfront about, are, you know, what people might consider to be, quote, issues. But, you know, for both of us, it allowed us to also, you know, break the script because, Mm -hmm. you know, which was really nice because I had the script in my head about how I was going to be with a guy and he had the script in his head about how he was going to be with a partner. And for both of us, it was like we had to throw that out the window. And it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, how are we going to be together as a couple? Mm-hmm. And that actually really worked for us in a way that hadn't, you know, come close in our previous relationships. Right. Mm-hmm. Just being authentic. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Just, just be authentic. Yeah. Oh, what was your first date? Oh, <laughs> well, we were very much a slow burn. So <laughs> we were friends. Yeah. Uh, like just hanging out at friend for friends yeah. uh, for about six months. Okay. And so even though we met on the dating app, um, I, I kept referring to him at work as the guy I'm not dating. And <laughs> we would go out and we would go to movies. We would, you know, come over and we'd order in food and watch TV and mm-hmm. go up for sushi. Like that was kind of our oh, thing. Oh, normal stuff. Normal <laughs> stuff. And, and the other thing was that, you know, he had, and this is where I kind of go back to the, you know, ordinary life kind of thing. He mm-hmm. had a very tough job at the time. He was working as a youth worker in a, a group home for kids in government care. And okay. so he had crazy shift hours. He mm-hmm. was working. And so, I mean, we couldn't really get together more than once a week. And so it was a lot of texts and a lot of, you know, trying to figure out schedules and not yeah. anything to do with my disability at all. It was just like, how are we going to make this work as yeah. two human beings with busy schedules? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh. before before you got married and before you met him, uh, your your current like well, well your husband, uh, do you have any other relationship, any other dates, or was he the only one? Pretty much the first. Um, <laughs> I had some kind of unsuccessful kind of not quite relationship kind of things yeah. um, and crushes and all those kinds of things that you would expect. Mm-hmm. But no, he was definitely the my first real relationship. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, it was also, you know, I kind of consider that to be a good thing that I was able yeah. to, you know, get all the, get all the bad ones out of the way without yeah. actually having to have a relationship. Yeah. It was 
kind of like training ground. It's like, okay, well, that didn't work at all. And mm -hmm. I'm not even going to consider going out with you. So bye-bye now. That's right. Yes. <laughs> See, I yes. love that. I love that attitude because sometimes having a disability, and I don't know if it happened to you, but I can tell you from my experience, it's harder to let somebody go when when that person is giving you a little bit of a, you know, of a, of a, of a, of a similarity of what you're feeling because sometimes you feel, or in my case, sometimes I feel like I'm not going to find somebody else, but that's actually not true. That's actually, that's actually so many people out there who might be coming across on you and you don't even see it because, mm -hmm. because you're just holding on to, to, to one particular person or to particular per person or whoever it is. Right. So it's very important what you're saying that if, if it's not going to be the right person, just see you later. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be wasting my time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I read a great self-help book. I can't remember the title, but it basically said you need to kiss 99 frogs in order to get one, that 100. <laughs> and I wasn't even kissing the frogs. It was like, I'm just going to burn through these ones as quickly as possible in yep. order to find the, you know, the one that I knew was out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, had a whole lot of phase at the time, but you know, I kind of felt like there has to be something better. Like I, I deserve something better. Exactly, and I think exactly. that is huge: is to yes. know that your own self worth and be like, no, yes. I, I deserve this. I deserve something better than what I'm being offered. Which you know, it's it is really tough because, like you say, it's you feel like, oh, this, this may be the best I'm going to be able to get. Mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's not true, you know, right. oh, you deserve so much better. And, and I mean, we, as people with disabilities, we need to remember that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. In so right. many ways you deserve better in so many ways. Exactly. Yeah. Cause this world is not made for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, do people, what's it like when you guys are out in public and everything? Do you get, do people assume he's your caregiver? Like, no, not that we've noticed. Um, good. I, I, and I mean, I think, uh, I mean, my husband will tell you that I do not notice that people are looking at us. He notices it more than I do. And, and uh, there was one time that we were on the C train and this guy uh, kind of, you know, came up. He's like, "You, you shouldn't be on the C train alone." And and I kind of went like, <laughs> you know, kind of. And he's kind of, "Oh, okay, you're not alone." So the fact, that, the fact that I had a guy with me was definitely very surprising to him. So yeah, like, um, you poor helpless woman, right? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm guessing. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, Athena. I'm guessing you don't see it. People are staring at you, or people, uh, people doing all the things because you don't. You're just living your normal life. I imagine you don't really put attention to it. It's like, it, uh, is that correct? Is that? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've had my disability since birth, uh -huh. and I am someone that I think has honestly gotten used to it. And I mean, mm -hmm. you know, there, there are always going to be those occasions where people are being super obvious about it yeah. but uh, actually I, one thing I did notice I have we have two small dogs and one of them I got uh, even before I met Stefan 
And when I'm out with her, I kind of love it because everyone's looking at the dog. (laughs) (laughs) And 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 they'll come up and 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 they'll ask questions about the dog, which I'm more than happy to answer, which is a lot better than asking questions about me. (laughs) Yeah, the dog is great. (laughs) You know what? That's good because it it kind of gives them something because you know people are always afraid, right, to approach people with disabilities and to start conversations. So it's like, that's nice having the dog there to sort of be that icebreaker, I guess, type of oh, thing yeah. to, oh, yeah. to and, start and, the conversation. And so they can see that you're just a regular person, <laughs> you know, with your dog. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I, I do think that, you know, one of the things that I try to do when I'm moving through the world is I try to be not apologetic about it. It's like, yes. I'm here, I'm, I'm not... You know, I'm not asking for anything. I I have a right to be here. Mm-hmm. I have a right to be in this restaurant. I have a right to be in this space. I have a right mm-hmm. to you know look you in the eye and ask for the things that I need. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's I think it changes how people interact with you mm-hmm. because if you're coming at it from a okay yeah so how are you going to fix this problem? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not my problem. It's your problem. That <laughs> if you know like that kind of attitude, I think it really changes people's perceptions yeah and and I think that has also helped me a lot in terms of my own confidence but also Mm -hmm. how people are responding to me as well yeah so talking about confidence because I I see that you have a lot of confidence and that makes me really happy about it (laughs) I actually I love it how does art has given you has or this is the better question has art given you more confidence or do you think you always had had that confidence before you created this visual art? Uh, well, that you... Yeah. Um, so art has been something that I've been doing since I was very, very young. Okay. Um, I have a condition called osteogenesis imperfecta or brittle bone disease. Mm-hmm. And so when I was a kid, I couldn't really go out and play with the other kids because um, you know, my parents were very concerned that I was going to fracture something. And so mm-hmm. my parents really, you know, did a lot of drawing with me, did a lot of arts and crafts, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's a lot of folks with OI who are actually very visually creative and creative in many ways because mm-hmm. it was fostered in them from a very young age. Mm-hmm. And so I always knew that, you know, I wanted to do something artistic with my life. I tried a lot of avenues to get there. Um, at one point, I studied to be an animator. And that was super exciting. And unfortunately, I also got hit by a car at the last semester of my program. And so that kind of knocked me off track quite a bit. Right. Uh, So I never actually was an animator. I kind of finished my program, was dealing with a lot of stuff around my recovery, PTSD, Mm -hmm. depression, all that. And, Mm -hmm. And so I actually went off and I did web design and I did web development mm. I did a lot of you know I had this whole career that did not involve art and I kind of just backburnered it for the longest time mm. and then it was about 10 years ago I got I was in a very high stress job spending mm. a lot of time in front of a computer mm. and I said you know what I I need to get away from the computer I need to paint again you know, this was something I'd been doing on and off for years. Mm-hmm. And I just started my painting practice and started doing it uh, much more in earnest. 
Mm -hmm. And that was really when painting for me began to take off. And I, you know, it was a really slow process. And I think the confidence that I have now as an artist Mm -hmm. comes from the fact that I took a long time Mm -hmm. to find my voice and to get that, to build up my skills. And I mean, you know, I have a lot of sympathy for these young artists that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm going to do art and I'm going to be successful in a year and it's like mm-hmm. uh, it's <laughs> it, it might not take it so, might not it might be longer than a year just to let yeah, you know. <laughs> might be longer so and i think i think you know i was really lucky that i had a day job that i could just do my art on the side knowing yeah. that it didn't have to make me money it didn't have to make me um be something that i made a living by and could mm. just play and so that, you know, my my other gig right now is as a creativity coach. Mm. And that's one of the things that I tell people all the time is like, you know, work on finding your voice. Like, don't focus so much on trying to have your art make money for you mm. and, and just really figure out who you are and who you, mm. and what you want to say. And that it takes time. You know, we'd love it to be super fast and be like, I know exactly what I want to do and. Mm-hmm. you know yeah. for some people maybe it's true but for most of us I think it's not we need yeah. to play yeah that's right and is that through your is it tilted windmill so that- yes yes is that's where yes. you do your creative coaching yes yes my husband and I so my husband is a clinical counselor and mm-hmm. so he and I did founded this during COVID where we were basically trying to do mental health and creativity mm-hmm. because I think it's mm-hmm. something that really goes well together and it really helped me during my own recovery after the accident to Mm -hmm. just realize you know how beneficial uh my creative practice was to my healing Mm -hmm. in terms of both my you know my mental health and all of that so I did do a um therapeutic arts practitioner certification uh last year so and then I'm also currently in life coach training right now And and how long did it take you to recover fully uh, from from this injury that you had or this this, yeah. this unfortunate yeah. situation that you had? So I was hit in two thousand three, and I cracked. I was basically tapped at a crosswalk, and the chair kind of flew sideways for about three mm. feet, and I cracked my hip in two places. Right, and so the physical recovery. You know, I was kind of physically back to normal within a few months and able mm-hmm. to live on my own again and all that. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really shocked me, because I was in the second to last semester of my animation program, mm-hmm. and I was really, you know, I, I thought I was going to go work at Pixar. Like, that was kind of the goal. Mm-hmm. And I, after the accident, I had basically had trauma that was wrapped wow. around my creativity. And so I would sit down and I would try to animate and I would get, you know, I couldn't animate. I couldn't, it was like bring on this huge amount of anxiety and all Mm -hmm. these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And so it was probably, you know, at least 10 years of Mm -hmm. working on myself and working on just kind of, and just, you know, to learn to stop beating myself up about not, you know, not achieving my big dream Mm -hmm. of being animated, right? And and going, and I read a lot of uh, in- really interesting books, um, Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way, and all these 
types of books about creativity and creative blocks mm-hmm. and how to sort of get your creative mojo back. And, and so it was, that's part of what inspired my practice as a creativity coach was having to do my own recovery and to get from the point where I couldn't even sit down to do anything creative without it causing a trauma response. This is super interesting because you found that your dream wasn't really able to be, to be accomplished because of all this situation that you went through, but then it shifted to now your real dream, which is actually what you're doing now, which is is, is what's making you grow as a person. I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, super, super interesting, your story. I find it very mind-blowing in a, in a good way. Right? Well, thank very... you. Thank you. This is why yeah, I love doing this. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just say this is why I love doing this. I love not knowing a little bit about the person that's coming on to join us but not really knowing everything and then learning it all I just really like it yeah no I think the thing for me which I sort of discovered through my therapeutic arts training much later was that um moving into painting Mm -hmm. painting is a very different medium than working on the computer you're you're much more mindful and in the moment mm-hmm. when you're painting. And that, you know, I still don't animate. I still don't, I try to stay off the computer mm-hmm. for a lot of my process because I think it's it's actually just, it doesn't work for me anymore. And yeah. that could be because of the accident. It could be because of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But painting um, is a great tool for mental health. I mean, it's something that, you know, it's one of the workshops that we run for Tilted Windmills is, to, is helping people become mindful through painting. And as a as a way to reduce anxiety and bring your you know emotional re- regulation and all those kinds of things that can happen when you're painting. That is amazing. And for your for your uh, exhibit that's coming up in 2024, uh, how how did you come up with this wonderful stories other than the couples that you have? Did you end up interviewing the couples? Did you end up just finding finding them on the street? <laughs> like, uh, how do you end up like, or maybe you're like Leah, which Leah creeps people out on social media, <laughs> on social media, right? Like, how do you find all these amazing stories that inspire you to to do this wonderful art uh, uh, that you're that you're that you're that you're showing up to people in 2024? Well, so the exhibit itself, the bulk of the exhibit will be about 40 paintings that will actually track my relationship with Stefan from the beginning until about 2021. So it'll all be kind of like snapshots kind okay. of, thing, um, of, of, and it's based on literal snapshots that I've taken off my phone over mm-hmm. the years. And so it's, it's that tracking of our relationship. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that was super important to me was I didn't want to have this exhibit and just show us because mm-hmm. I felt like there was this tendency. If you just had us, it would be like, oh, well, it's just her. You know, it's just her and her husband. And this is an extraordinary thing that has happened and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to pair that with this idea of there are so many other couples like mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And so that the so what I'm doing is I have on my website a place where people can fill out a very short 
uh, online series of online questions. Mm -hmm. And it talks about things like, where did you meet? Um, what's an everyday look, look like? Um, that kind of thing. How's the disability impacted your relationship? And, and then provide some photos. And then the idea is that there will be a 50 inch TV in the exhibit space that mm -hmm. will have uh, images rotating through with quotes from their people's stories and mm -hmm. then their photos. And so that'll be collaging those things together. And then mm -hmm. the idea is just to sort of be like, and another couple and another couple and mm -hmm. another couple. And, yeah. and just like this overwhelming number of couples that it's like, oh, wow. Okay. This is one story of awesome. a bazillion that are yeah. out there. Yeah. Or I'm really hoping to get other people involved. And yes, we are going to try yeah. and get people Absolutely. involved. Absolutely. Yeah. Because... There is a couple on our Instagram for the podcast that are interabled, and I'm going to make sure that they see it because yeah. yeah. they post a lot about their relationship. Yeah. And they're from, they're from Ontario. I think those people, if I, if, if I remember correctly, right, Leah? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, they're from Ontario. I think so, yeah. So they're, yeah. It's open to not just interable couples, but couples where both partners are disabled as well. Oh, cool. Okay. So, yeah, I wanna I wanna make sure because the the really interesting thing about this idea of interabled is that you know what defines interabled? Because mm -hmm. you, know, you can mm -hmm. have somebody that has an invisible disability. Mm -hmm. Or you have somebody where they become disabled later in life, even though yeah. their partner has always been disabled. Are they still interabled? Like it becomes this really complex kind of question of like, who is interabled? What is disability? Like all of those questions get really interesting when oh. you start defining like what. Yeah. What like? Never thought about it that way. Yeah, that's that's good. It'll break down all of the, you yeah. know, curiosity that people probably and have and stigmas um, and all stigma that. and assumptions. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's, well, that's really great. Uh, please stay connected with us because I do want to go to your exhibit. It sounds really exciting when it happens. I really want to be there wherever it is, even if it's like in Vancouver, I'll fly over there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? no, no, I, I, I have the location. It'll be in Calgary in August in Seaspace. Um, okay. So it's a community artist hub that oh, okay. um, yes. is, is a really fantastic space. Mm -hmm. And so I already have that booked. I'm waiting oh, nice. for funding. Um, sent all the grant applications out last week. So fingers crossed on all the things. But Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yes, you're getting some good support from uh, Canada Arts. Yeah, so Canada yeah. Council for the Arts. Um, so this first year uh, has been research and development for mm -hmm. the exhibit. And then the next year will be the bulk of the painting and actually putting on the exhibit. So this will be about two years in the making by the time uh, everything's all done. Yes. Wow. <gasps> yeah. wow, that's also very, very interesting because you 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 wouldn't or at least i wouldn't have known how much of a hard work i'm not saying that it's not hard work i'm saying how much of work and step has to go through to put on a, a an exhibit like the one that you want to put on right so yeah. it's yeah. it's doing research and development i wouldn't thought that i would have probably thought oh it's only like painting hours of painting <laughs> and, then, and then just finding the place and put it on but no it's it's more than that and i think yeah. it's 
it's it's great to know. I'm I'm very happy that you're sharing this. I mean, one of the things that I've been doing is researching on how to make a really accessible exhibit. And so things like um, the paintings will be on, um, so a 50 inch center line, which basically means they're about six inches lower than they would normally be hung so that they're more visibly seen for people in wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. And then we're also going to be doing um, QR codes with image descriptions, audio descriptions. Mm -hmm. So you're able to listen to basically a conversation between myself and my husband talking about the paintings um, by scanning the QR code that'll be at the exhibit. And so there'll be different sections of the exhibit. You'll be able to get listen to different conversations by us, which will be a way for low vision folks and Mm -hmm. also for sighted people that want to have another aspect of the experience that's fantastic brilliant wow. is there have you seen an exhibit that does this or did you um where did you find out that you could do that well i actually um there's a a gallery in toronto called tangled and they're the only disability arts gallery in canada that's and so i talked to their director about things that they've done with their exhibit space and you know, one of the things that you see with paintings or with images on social media sometimes is you'll have the image description yeah. for every single image. And I, I knew that this was going to be exhausting and not helpful if there's like 40 paintings, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want right. to necessarily listen to every single one. And so mm-hmm. what he was talking about was, well, you can have just a story. You can have something that describes what this is about without necessarily describing every single every single painting the 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 meat of it right because that's what people really want it's like what is this about and i think that's a much smarter way and more accessible way and more in line with what you would want from that experience yeah that's very cool they do that at like alcatraz when you have the audio on and you're looking walking through it's not just somebody talking about it but they do like reenactments of maybe what was said and they've got like noises with it it just makes you it really puts you in that it's it was creepy that's pretty amazing (laughs) (laughs) no that's pretty amazing what you what you come up with because uh, i wouldn't thought so that but you know what it's, it's good that you're thinking this way. You're thinking about people who are in wheelchairs, people who are in walkers, who, who might be harder for them to, to see the painting if it's really high. You know, even when I, when I, I was, I was out in Mexico once, uh, I think last summer and I took my grandma to the Bango and fa- family and friends exhibit, uh, that they put on, on, uh, on the art show there. And some of the paintings were so tall and I was like, how are you supposed to see this yeah. if they're not in your level or if the what about like yes maybe i can climb up two steps because i walk with crutches but what about people in wheelchairs they can't do this yeah. you know like like they have to and the the fact that you're thinking of doing this or that you will be doing this it's just it's just really really cool really really yeah. awesome yeah i was actually really fortunate right at the beginning when i was starting to do group shows or group shows uh, I was part of an exhibit where all all the artists were in wheelchairs. And this was the art director's idea was to drop the paintings because as a way of emphasizing the fact that all of the people in the exhibit that were showing were in wheelchairs. And so that's mm-hmm. where that 
50 inch center line came from. And we actually had a wheelchair that was kind of a rickety old thing sitting out in the exhibit space as a way to highlight the fact that that's why the paintings were a little bit lower than what you would expect. Wow. Yeah. Wow. No, that's great. That's very, very awesome. Yeah. Very, very great. Good. Um, life without limits <laughs> is kind of what we always talk about. <laughs> and also, before I should also say, I think I'm going to, I'm going to let our program coordinator in Calgary know, because we have art therapy, and I'm going to let her know that you exist. And <laughs> it would be maybe really nice to have you to come out to their program someday and talk about that because we do we we talk a lot about mental health around the office and on social media and I think that would just be something really important for you know the participants to learn a little bit more about so I'm going to make sure she knows and this the story <laughs> about do. the art and stuff like that and like yeah and with anxiety and how it, it can help you it's, yeah it's, I think it would be useful for our clients who are in the, in the art program in Calgary too to learn from you quite a lot. I do too. Amazing. Yeah. I do too. Um, so anyways, yes, life without limits is kind of, you know, what we're all about. And um, it's been a learning process for Carlos and I to find out what life without limits means to different people and how it really doesn't matter. There's no right answer or wrong answer. Um, so I, we'd like to know from your, from your life and everything you're doing, um, do you, what, what does life without limits mean to you? And do you feel that you're living a life without limits? Oh, wow. That's a big question. Is, um, that's why we <laughs> save it for last. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I would like to think that I'm at a point in my life where I am living without limits. And I yeah. think it's been a journey to get here. You know, it's mm -hmm. been, um, honestly a real struggle to sort of, not only get past all the financial stuff and all the all the things that come up when you're disabled right. and mm -hmm. and to get to this place i mean i think of myself as being so so fortunate that i can be here in my studio and spend my day painting and spend my day you know being an entrepreneur and yeah. being in charge of my life and in a way that i think is a huge privilege but it's been a lot of work to get here and so I am, I am very fortunate now to be able to say that, yes, I am living my life without limits. Yes. And you're loving without limits and you're being creative without limits and everything. I, I, I do. I can, I can just sense it in you that you really honestly do. You're, mm -hmm. you're just doing your thing and everybody else can just do their thing and you're going to keep doing your thing and get out of your way. <laughs> And, and you are an example for other people who are out there. In my in my opinion, who are out there, honestly, who might, yes, who, who might think, "Oh, this is not possible," or "It's taking forever." Because sometimes, when when you you were talking earlier, how it took you time to to, to reach at the point that you are now, uh, it took you ten years to to reach out that point, or even you know. And sometimes people are like, "Oh, ten years is too long," but. You know, seeing your story is 10 years, but you didn't give up. You continue doing it. And now you're living a life with without limits for sure. And, mm -hmm. and that's a great example for, for those people, for sure. Thank yeah. you. And it's yeah. not in that cheesy um, oh. inspiration porn way. No. It's no. that, <laughs> like, you're a great role model yeah. in my opinion. Absolutely. Sure. 
Yeah. Or people, even just artists, you know, and other people with disabilities. Honestly, I, I do. I'm really glad that you came and told your story. Very glad. I did want to ask one more thing. When you, you mentioned really quick that you kind of thought about you'd be working at Pixar or something when you did your animation. Did you have um, an idea for a movie in mind? Oh, <laughs> well, I have. Um, when I created my demo reel, I created this character who I called Sir Stumpy. And, oh. and for context, I am three foot seven. So I am also rather diminutive. <laughs> and so I, I had it in my head that, you know, Sir Stumpy in my demo reel, he was going to climb up the hill. He was going to take on the dragon. And he's this tiny, tiny little knight with a sword that was almost as big as he is. <laughs> and he's dragging the sword after him. And and so, I mean, I look back on it now. And, and honestly, I did not make the connection between myself and this little guy. But, you know, pretty obvious now. And, and so I look back on it now and... It's like, yeah, that perseverance, like that, mm-hmm. you know, that is kind of, I mean, and, and the end of the Sir Sumpy short is that the dragon kind of flicks him off the mountain. And then he, <laughs> the last thing is him climbing up the mountain again. He's going to, yeah. he's going to keep going. That is, you know, That's I don't pretty. know how far our podcasts reach, but Pixar, you know. <laughs> 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 that, that's pretty uh, amazing. They can, they can license him if he wants, but yeah. I, I I want the coin for that. That's for sure. Right. That's Absolutely. Right. Exactly. No, I just I know that Pixar. There's so many great. They make so many great little short movies and videos and stuff. And I just kind of thought I I had a feeling that maybe you had a little something in mind <laughs> when yeah. you were thinking yeah. about it. Well, if you, if you put on YouTube, Sir Stumpy. There is a very short demo reel created oh, by me cool. back in way back in the day that includes Sir Stumpy and oh it's terrible animation but um but, but yeah it got I got it done. I was actually mm-hmm. finished up after the accident. So oh, wow. I was um I graduated but I didn't do much more than that. <laughs> well I'll definitely gonna take a look at it because I I think uh yeah and if if Pixar can listen to this at some point, <laughs> or somebody who is working in close to Pixar, um, make sure to 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 reach out to Athena, because because yeah, they can as she said, they can license it, but she wants the coins yeah. and she deserves <laughs> the coins. So yeah. she deserves exactly. the coins. So no, thank you so much, Athena. I'm, I'm the same way as Leah. I think this is has been such an amazing uh, time with you, and and for you to come and share the story, it mm. has been a very eye opener for me. A very big example, in in not a cheesy way, as Leah says, in a, in a very <laughs> good way. Uh, you're an example for a lot of people, and uh, and yeah. So thank you so so much. Make sure to reach out to us once the exhibit is 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 uh is for sure coming up i know it's going to come up for sure and mm-hmm. but but um but i i i, I want to go and I'll, I'll drag leah with me too because I, I, <laughs> I i'll drag her with me i'll be like you're coming <laughs> yeah you're coming Just definitely so that, won't miss that uh, no, i think it will be awesome and and our head office is in calgary so we will definitely promote it if you oh, let us know for okay. sure we can definitely promote it uh once it's or once you have everything uh, that, you, that you want to have for sure for the public and stuff. So, yeah. But thank you, Athena. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. 
And uh, for all of you guys who are listening today, listen to this wonderful story. It's fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Thank you so much for following us. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And uh, thank you, Leah, for finding this wonderful lady and uh, for uh, for everything you do. And uh, if you want to be a host or, sorry, not a host, a guest of the show, uh, please make sure to reach out to us. Uh, Leah's always taking a look at it. I'm mm-hmm. always taking a look at it. So we always uh, are in a reachable uh, part. And then you can definitely connect with us for sure. Otherwise, thank you so much to all. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And please don't forget to continue to live your life without limits. <laughs>